of you are probably wondering, why is he wearing a uniform? <laughs> if, if you haven't been in the inn uh, this, this year, I decided that it was time that I did something else. And uh, I joined the Michigan State Police. Yeah. As a chaplain. So basically what that means is, I don't carry a gun. I carry this. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, I had it the wrong way. <laughs> Oops. You know, again, I was just sitting there thinking, all right, what's a good scripture to share? And I went to Romans 8. I love Romans 8. How many of you guys? No, Paul said, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We are more than conquerors. There's a reason I'm, I'm wearing this uniform, and one of the reasons is because I can. I just admit it. It's fun. You know, you, you get out on the street with these troopers, and nobody notices the chaplain badge. They all think, he's a trooper. So I have to be careful, because sometimes they address me instead of the trooper, and I'm like, no, you tell him the story. <laughs> I'm just here for moral support, all right? Yeah, kids, you can be released. Sorry about that. Adios. Have fun, Jackie. Grandma. <clears throat> I want to say, too, that uh, my wife has had a lot of fun with this. Yeah. She thinks it's funny that I like wearing the uniform. And she makes fun of me. But I think it's just because she's a little envious. I think she'd look good in a uniform too, though. She'd be the she'd be the only woman chaplain if you were to apply for a position. Would that be awesome? The two of us. I bet you that would probably make history. I'm getting this, which means I'm taking a rabbit trail. And as I'm looking at her, I'm seeing her friends uh, from Lansing. Larry and Annette Moshkowski, great to have you guys up here. I really wish you were here last night at our house, just as a fly on the wall to listen to this man, who is a semi-comedian, and I say that, you just need to hang out with him. Uh, he's a part of the group called Free Shrugs, and they're actually uh, introing uh, the Laffoons tonight. I think I'm saying that right. I almost said it, brother. <laughs> Jay and Laura, you know who they are, right? The, the marriage thing. And that's up at the Grand Plaza tonight. So anyhow, uh, they're going to be up there and they asked if they could hang with us. And it was a blast just to hang out with old friends. And, and, and Larry is getting old. <laughs> Annette, you still look great, but Larry, sorry, man. Men, men just don't. We don't age well for some reason. So I'm actually wearing this uniform today because I wanted you to see what a missionary looks like. What? That's right. When I put this on, I become a missionary. Now, I'm a missionary with, with the title of chaplain, 
which might be a little different than some. But the fact is, I'm going out there to minister to the men and women in blue. And I want to say this, we're all missionaries in our own backyards. How many have neighbors? How many work in the school or you go to school? How many work in a factory? Who else is there with you? What do they call them? People. You work, you go to school, you hang out in the marketplace with people, souls. Folks that need to hear about Jesus Christ. And you and I have the privilege of being missionaries to these areas. So I want to start by defining what a missionary is. And I loved what Oswald Chambers said. And and how many know he wrote the book, My Utmost for His Highest, the devotional book? Amazing book. If, if you don't have it, you should have a copy of it. Because uh, he has morning and evening, so if you want one in the morning and one at night, you can do both. But it's really good. Of course, he's from about 200 years ago, but anyway. He's an older guy, but he's, he was a, a believer, and he loved God, and I loved what he wrote. And he said this about uh, the definition of a missionary. He said, a missionary is someone sent by Jesus Christ just as he was sent by God. A missionary is someone sent by Jesus Christ just as he was sent by God. The great controlling factor, and you want, I want you to hear this, is not the needs of the people. You know, so often we think, well, we need to go out and meet the needs of the people. But that's not what it means to be a missionary. The great controlling factor is not to meet the needs of the people, but to heed the command of Jesus. If God tells you to do something, then you better do it. And if God tells me to do something, then I better do it. Whether I'm a pastor or a chaplain or a factory worker, a janitor, a security guard, I've done all those things. And in every one of those roles, I was a missionary. A missionary doesn't just go out to meet the needs. He or she goes as a direct result of God's command. Where does a missionary go? Wherever the Lord leads them. In just a a little bit, we're going to hear from another missionary. But for now, I want you to hang on to this. I was sent by God to do this. That's why I'm wearing this uniform today. I kind of like wearing it. I already said that. It's fun. You know, when you walk in and, and I have the rank of captain and the trooper stands to attention, good morning, sir. <laughs> and it's like, wow. I didn't serve in the military. Um, God bless those who are and who did. Yeah. Amen. So it, it's a whole new challenge for me. I remember one time I, I had my left hand full or my right hand full. Uh, I don't remember what I had in it. And these two troopers walked up. Good morning, sir. And, and instead of this, I went like this. <laughs> and I went, afterwards, I went, oh, that was dumb. Now they know I'm an amateur <laughs> if they didn't already.
I wanted to share briefly how I was called into this, just so that you guys have an idea of what happened. And Some of you have heard the story. If you're on the board, you've heard some of this or you've been a part of it. But when I first saw this, actually it was a, a coincidence. Right? So one of you, and I won't name names today, but neither one of them are here. Oh, yeah, there. There's one. Steve, you were it. <laughs> Do you remember that? The chaplain for the state police, and you, I don't know if you sent it to me or if you posted it on your Facebook, and I saw it, and it went by, and I went, oh, yeah, that's nice. They need a chaplain. Yeah. So I saw that, and it just kind of went, and I went, no, I'm too busy. I, I've got way, I'm trying to pastor a church. I'm a presbyter for the Assemblies of God. Like, I need more on my plate. Right? So I ignored it, like we always seem to do. About a week went by, and another saint posted that same thing, and I'm just like, nah. And, and then I heard the Holy Spirit say, I want you to apply for that. And I'm like, nah. Anybody else? Is this, is this how we do it? Lord, really? I'm, I'm a pastor. I don't have time to go in there and, and be a chaplain for the Michigan State Police. I'm busy, right? And plus, it's summer. This was last summer. Plus, it's summer. What do we, what do, we do in the summer? Go we go fishing. And I wasn't thinking of fishing for men. <laughs> I was thinking of fishing for the fish. That's my time to relax. I love summer because I get to get out, unless it rains every day for three weeks. We won't go there today. So I see it the second time. The Holy Spirit kind of convicts me, and then I start, I start this. Well, Lord, you know how busy I am. You know all the things that I have to do. You know that if I did one more thing, I wouldn't have any time left for my family. Church or home, what am I supposed to do? Excuses, excuses, excuses. I just heard a guy say this the other day. The Lord picks people who are busy. Why? Because they get the job done. The people that are sitting on their keisters they're going to still be sitting on their keisters in three weeks, in four weeks. Even though God's saying, do something, they don't move. That wasn't an indictment against any of you just because you're all sitting. So don't take it personal unless the Holy Spirit tells you to. So I had this conversation, and finally the Lord just said, just apply for it. So I sent the email. Now, I don't know if you've ever heard about the fleece. Anybody besides me? You find it back in the book, book of Judges. I'm not going to go there, but it was Gideon who the Lord said, you've got this. I'm with you. Go get him, boy. And he's like, well, did I really hear from the Lord? So what did he do? He took an animal fur and he laid it out and he said, Lord, if this is really you, then, then I want that thing to be wet with dew when I get up tomorrow morning and everything else dry. And you know the story. You can go back there and read it. So what was my fleece? 
apply for it. Duh. And, and so I did. I, I emailed the, the, the person or the email address. I said, I'm interested in being a chaplain. And I didn't think I'd hear anything. A couple weeks went by, and finally I get this phone call. And it was the post commander of, of the Gaylord Post here, the first lieutenant here in Gaylord. And he said, uh, so Mr. Oberlin, I, I understand you're interested in this position. I said, yes. And he goes through this list of things, like ten things that you already had to have achieved, like being ordained, you had to minister in a local church for at least, I think it was five years or more, um, et cetera, et cetera. You had to have a degree, yada, yada, yada. And I said, well, I, yeah, I, I got all those. He goes, okay, good. He said, I'll let you know when the interview is. And it was about a month before I actually got the call to come in and interview. And I thought it'd be one guy looking at me going, yeah, yeah. I walk in and hear these three brass staring at me. And I get to sit down in the hot seat. I was so nervous. And they they put a bottle of water in front of me. I said, can I have that? (laughs) It, It was scary for me, you know. I mean, how many, it's been years since you've applied for anything, you know. And to go in to be interviewed like that, you just feel like, so I went in, I was prayed up. I said, Lord, if this is you, let me shine. If it's not, how many know that you can ask God to do that? Yeah. Lord, if this is your will, open the door so wide no man can, can shut it. Or if it's not your will, close this door so tight no man can open it. Right? And that was my prayer. And they interviewed six pastors that day, I believe it was. And at the end of the day, they called me and they said, you're it. You're our choice. And so, it was an exciting moment, and yet at that moment I realized, what did you just do? <laughs> really? And, and honestly, I'm okay once I've done something once, but there were so many variables that I'd never done before, things that I've never done in my life, and I get nervous when I've never done something. And, and I'm telling you, like getting married, you know, before I'd gotten married, that was tough. And I was so nervous that day, and I was just shaking, and, and then you passed out, and I almost passed out with you, but I knew somebody had to be the rock that day. Her dress was a little tight that day, and it, it wasn't her fault, it, just, it hadn't been altered right and and I felt so sorry for her. she looked beautiful too but then you went <laughs> I was like my, I'm standing there watching her my brother-in-law caught her thank god my brother-in-law was there cuz I was just like she's falling off <laughs> talking about being nervous so I threw out the fleece and and god said yes so after I submitted it and after I went through this process and they said yes, and, and I had also gone to our uh, district, Michigan district superintendent and I said, Brother Jeff, what do you think about this? And he happens to be a chaplain for the Sterling Heights Police Department. <laughs> when I told him what I was thinking about doing, he, he, you know what he said? Yes! <laughs> he said, what an honor. He said, these men and women... They're in the trenches all week long. 
They're seeing stuff none of us should have to see. And they need some moral stability. You're the moral, Norm, you're going to be the moral compass if they, if they put you in this position. What an honor, what a privilege. And, and I'll be honest with you, and I've only done this since, uh, I actually started in March, but officially since May. What a privilege to work with these ladies and these men. They're awesome people. And you know what? I have not seen them, not once have I seen them do anything that I wouldn't have done. So when you hear these stories on TV and all this other garbage, railing on these guys and ladies, I'm telling you, they don't deserve it. Are there any out there that shouldn't be? Probably. Just like there are pastors out there, there, there shouldn't be. Etc. Teachers that shouldn't be. But it's a handful. Most of these men and women are amazing people and they love you guys and they wouldn't do what they do if they didn't have a deep respect for the law. So, anyhow, that was a rabbit trail. Here I am, serving as a missionary in our community. I also asked our board, I want, want you to understand that, I didn't just, oh, I'm going to become a chaplain. I went to the board and I said, look, you know, this is probably going to take me away from the church on occasions. In fact, one of the things they said is, what's going to happen if you're called out at 1020 on a Sunday morning? And I so, so, it just felt so good to be able to say this. Well, I've got people. <laughs> yeah, amen. <laughs> Pastor Rogers hiding in the back. And uh, my wife, Barb, I've told both of them, and Tony, I said, hey, you guys have one in the sleeve, because you never know. Chances are it won't happen, but just in case, we know we're covered. Got people. It's been an honor and a joy. And you might ask, well, what do you do? Well, I do all kinds of stuff. I do a lot of ride-alongs. Yeah. It is kind of fun. I get to walk up on the right side of the car and hold my flashlight. Make sure they're not armed. Stuff like that. I get to pray with them, but I have to be careful. You know, separation of church and state. I get to listen, get to know them. They might call me out if somebody dies in a horrific accident just so that they've got some moral support when they go to talk to the family. That's not my favorite part of it, but I know I can do it. I can do all things. It's not me, it's him, right? Everybody, every one of us has been called to be a missionary in our own backyard. Every one of us are called, first of all, to be children of God. You know that, right? If you don't believe me, look at this. What's it say? But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become? How many can say, wah? <laughs> You're a child of God. If you trust him, if you believe him, you are royalty. You're one of the king's kids. That's pretty awesome. And, of course, John goes on to say they're reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that... I add, only comes from God. He's the only one that can do this for us. 
right? That's good news. You and I are children of the King. And as children who have been reborn of God, we are expected to do something with that royalty. If you're in a royal position, there are roles for you to play, right? Look at some of the princes or the princesses in England, just to use as examples. They have specific things they do, christenings, uh, going in and, and, and uh, blessing new, new whatever, properties and hospitals, and they just want them to be there to cut the ribbon because they're special. You are special. Why? Not because of you, but because of the God who is in you. You see, when I put this uniform on, this doesn't do anything for me. I mean, it may carry a little authority, but what, it, what really amps it up is the fact that I have prayed, I have been anointed for this, and God is in me, and he's telling me to go. And if he sends you, he's going to take care of you. All right? Sure, I'm facing people sometimes that might have guns. Big deal. Big deal. I am wearing a bulletproof vest, by the way. Not right now. I'm in a church for crying out loud. But normally, and that's, that's just required. I have to wear that. But it's not the vest that keeps me safe. It's the angels of God. And that's where I have to put my faith and my trust. Like Jesus, who was sent by the Father to seek and to save that which was lost, and, oops, I must have missed that one. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save those who were lost, Luke 19.10. Oh, there it is. How'd that come up? Did you find that for me? Ah, I got them out of order, that's why. So as children who have been reborn of God, we are expected to do something with our royalty, and I missed that one, and that is procreate. Don't, don't be potty minds. Some of you just went into the darkest of the dark. What does it mean to procreate? It says it right there. Say the last word. Reproduce. Now, that can mean that, but it doesn't have to. You and I are supposed to reproduce. You're born again. And God expects that you are going to bear fruit. And not just a little bit, a lot of fruit. You may work at Ponderosa, Walmart, one of the many auto places here in town. You are expected to bear fruit in those places. That's what I want to look at today. John 15. Jesus made this clear to his disciples that they were to produce much fruit. And as I've already said, that means to reproduce. He said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Poke your neighbor and say, you're, you're the branches. Now listen to this part. Hang on to this. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Now, what do, you think that's, what do you think Jesus is saying? Those who remain in me and I in them, what's it mean? You know, if I were to, and I should have had something ready, but I did. 
just thought of this. If I were to find a fan, what comes out of the fan? A, a plug, right? That fan is useless until you plug it in. That's what Jesus is saying. You are my people. You are my children. And as long as you stay plugged into me, Jesus said, then you're going to bear much fruit. You're going to be able to do the things that God wants you to do, and you're going to be successful at it. Now, if you're unplugged from him, what's going to happen? You're going to start walking in the flesh, mistakes are going to be made, and people are going to get hurt. Can I get an amen? Regardless of who you are, where you are, as a missionary in your own backyard, if you stay plugged into Jesus, you are going to bring the light into the dark. But if you go in unplugged, you're going to represent the other side. And at the very least, the flesh. And that can do much damage. And I believe this with all my heart. That's why the church today is reeling. Because too many of us have become unplugged from Jesus. You can do nothing without Him. Nothing. Nothing. Say that with me. I can do nothing without Christ. But on the flip side, I can do all things through Christ. Get it? Are you with me? Let me finish this up. For apart from me you can do nothing, Jesus said. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask anything you want and it will be granted. And, and, And right there is a huge promise. All of us should put that one on our refrigerator. Anything I ask, as long as I'm remaining in him, as long as I'm plugged into Jesus, anything I ask will be granted. Verse 8, the last part of this, when you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. And this brings glory to God. Not just glory, but great glory. Listen, I believe the challenge is really quite simple. Jesus is telling us, stay plugged into me, and I'm going to do amazing things with you. If you listen to my voice when I tell you to go apply for a chaplaincy in the, in the state police, if you listen to my voice and you do the things I'm asking you to do, then you're going to bring great honor to my name and to my kingdom. And as I see it, that's my challenge. That's what I'm trying to do as a chaplain in the Michigan State Police. We know that we're true disciples when we produce much fruit. And I'd just like to pause here and just say, how about you? And you know, everybody's fruit's going to be different, right? Because we're all wired different. You're not called to be a chaplain. If you are, I don't know why you're sitting here. But you are all called to be something. Chris, if I can pick on you, you are the most amazing director of nursery, preschool, kids. This lady, I want to tell you, she loves your kids. I get her little texts in the afternoon, you would not believe what happened today in the nursery, and she's so pumped. 
I'm sorry to pick on you like this, but it, I get pumped when you get pumped. And anyway, we're all pumped. We are pumped. But it's because she used her gift to minister to those little ones. And it doesn't just stop Sunday morning. And I was going to pick on Jeff next, but he's leaving. <laughs> this brother, he uses his gift. This man comes in here on Tuesday night. He comes in here on Wednesday night. I've seen him on the cameras here on Thursday night, in here, praying, all by himself, just worshiping the King of kings and Lord of lords. What do you think that does? It invites. It invites what? Whom? Ha, ha, ha. God wants to come into a place where his kids are hungry and thirsty for him. And I believe Jeff... Gets, when he gets on, nothing happens without prayer. And when he gets on his knees as one of our intercessors, he makes a difference in this place. All right? That's his mission call. He prays for you. He prays for me. He prays for the souls of our community that there would be much fruit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. One thing I wanted to say, and I'm, I'm skipping over a little bit. Fruit has seeds. Right? Fruit has seeds. What are the seeds for? To reproduce the same kind of fruit. When you and I look at our lives, whatever we're doing, whatever God's challenged us to do, whatever we're called to do, when we look at our lives, we need to ask this question. Are we reproducing ourselves? Some of you might say, oh, I don't think God wants that. Know what I mean? So what do you do in that situation? Get plugged into the vine. If you cannot say heartily, you know what? I want to reproduce myself. I want people to do what I do. If you can't say that, there's something wrong. Hello? A week ago, hundreds of pastors and leaders came together in uh, Novi at Brightmoor Christian Center, and we listened to three of our general superintendents of the Assemblies of God. All three spoke that day, and it was amazing. It's the first time it ever happened. And one of them said this, and, and it really challenged me. He said, if everyone I lead lives like I live, would we accomplish our mission? If everyone I lead lives like I live, would we accomplish our mission? I'm going to be honest with you. Anybody else ever been slapped upside the head by the Holy Ghost? It's like a Mack truck just ran into it and you went, I didn't have an answer. And I'll be honest, it threw me. I mean, I, I was really at the point where I was like, Lord, forgive me. If I'm not where I need to be, where, where I could say honestly that we would accomplish this, help me with that. I'm supposed to be the leader of this church. You guys are following me, and if, if I can't say without reservation, if you, if you follow me, will we accomplish our mission, then something's wrong. 
That's why I need your prayers. All of, my, all of the staff need your prayers so that we don't get off track. I want to be sure that if you were to follow me, and hopefully you are, I want to be sure that we'll bring honor and glory to the Lord Jesus Christ and that we will accomplish our mission. And that is to bear much fruit. I already said this, but what is the fruit that I'm talking about? Starts with a P. People. People. Oh, geez. I went the wrong way. There we go. That one. People. Souls. How many know that's the only thing we're going to take with us to heaven? People. Souls. Jesus said this in John. The harvesters are paid good wages, and the fruit they harvest is people brought to eternal life. And then he finishes with, what joy awaits both the planter and the harvester alike. Isn't that cool? People is what the church is supposed to harvest. Say that with me. People. How many know people? I started out by saying I have people. I have you. Every person that considers themselves to be a part of this church, and, and I know we have some visitors today, just put yourself in your own church. Your pastor has people. Dinesh has people. I'm looking at the wrong couple. Where'd they go? They're over there somewhere. <laughs> pastor Kevin has people, right? Yeah, wherever you're from. Understand that we are blessed when we produce fruit on this planet. But, hear this part, we are going to be amazed by what we receive in heaven when Jesus says to us, Well done, my faithful servant. You took the talent that I gave you and you applied it to your neighborhood, your church, your workplace, your school, your marketplace. And as a result, more fruit was produced. People began to take on the image of Christ because of you when they followed you. Now come, enjoy the fruit of your labors with me. I'm going to put you in charge of much. That's going to happen. That's scriptural. As a result of what? Bearing much fruit. The harvest is ripe, but the laborers are few. Hallelujah. Back to why I'm wearing this uniform. As a pastor, and you probably know this, I get paid to do pastor stuff. Thank you for that, by the way. And it's scriptural. There it is. I just wanted to make sure you knew that. Some of you are like, really? They pay you to do this? 1 Timothy 5.17, elders who do their work, and that word can be translated pastors or shepherds or whatever you want to put in there, who do their work well should be respected. Ooh, I didn't even see that part. You need to respect me. Come on. Some of you really... Mac, you need to amp this... No, I'm messing with you. Respected and... Oh. He retired as a corrections officer. 
uh, and paid well, I love that part, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. And, and again, that's just the gospel. There are several others that I could go to, but I won't. I want you to know, though, when I put this uniform on, I'm similar to you. I'm, I'm a volunteer. They're not paying me to do this. So that means when I go, and, and some of them have been 10 hours, 11 hours, when I go on a 10 or 11 hour ride along, I'm not getting paid. Then why am I doing it? I want to I be a good example for you guys. I want you to understand that all of us are called to do things that we don't get paid for. But when we do it as under the Lord, you know what? He can take that thing and he can bless it. He can do amazing miracles when we just give him a little room to move in our lives. And that's what I'm praying for as I, as I don this uniform is that God is going to use me to reach some of these men and women in blue, not just to, to see them saved, because many of them are already Christian, but to be there for them when they're having a meltdown or when they're just having a rough day and to be able to walk in and say, man, can I pray with you? Woman, whoever, you know, is there anything I can do? What an honor, what a privilege. And you can do the very same things in your own backyard, in your own backyards, in your own neighborhoods, you don't have to be a chaplain to be able to do this stuff. But I wanted you to understand that I do this voluntarily because I want to be a good example for you. Because it's too easy and I've heard it from people. Well, pastor, you get paid to do that. Not this. I've taken my Mondays, which is my day off, and all kinds of night shifts, which is usually when I like to go out, so it's not interfering with what I'm doing here. I'm just telling you, you can follow me. I'm trying to lead by example. You can follow me into your neighborhood and do the, the things that I'm trying to do to reach the lost, to be an encouragement to somebody. Listen, how many know we got plenty of people out there already who are downers, Debbie Downers, right? And if your name's Debbie, I apologize. We need people who are encouraging. We need people who carry the light, who can walk into an environment and bring hope and not despair. People, the world needs us right now. We're, I believe this with all my heart. We're at a place right now where we could make a huge difference as the church if we just listen to the Holy Spirit and do what He tells us to do. Setting aside politics and all that other stuff, which we should, for the sake of the gospel, and take the good news message with us. That's what they need to hear. Amen? Amen. Amen. Finally, as I begin to wrap up this part, when I go in to be with these people, I take a little piece and I, I spelled it this way intentionally. A little piece, P-A-C-E, P-E-A-C-E, yeah. And a little piece, P-I, wow. I want names, who said that? Is that Drew? Drew, man, I'm praying for you now. Think about this, though. If you have spent time plugged into Jesus, and you go into some of these environments, you can literally bring in the peace of God. 
and a little piece of heaven, if you will, because God is in you. And I, I, I go back to Peter. When he walked by that guy, and his shadow touched him, and it healed him. Well, what happened there? He bumped into the guy, and a little bit of the God that was in him spilled out, and it healed the man. You don't think God can do the same thing with you? That's what he wants from us, is to take that peace or that peace with us, a piece of him, and share that with the people in our own backyards. Would you stand just for a minute? I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to end this, but... Um, Lord, I just thank you for everything you're doing here today. And I thank you for everybody that, that represents your kingdom here. Lord, some that I know well, some that I don't know real well, but Lord, I know you know every one of us very well. You counted the hairs on our head. You know how many we have. You're intimate with us. Now, maybe we're not intimate with you, and I would ask this question of the saints today. If you're here and you would say, Pastor Norm, Chaplain Oberlin, I'm not really plugged into Jesus and, and I'm not sure if I went out into the, the backyard where I live if I'd make a difference. If that's you and you'd be honest, would you just lift your hand? You're here today and you say, yep, I wouldn't make a difference because I'm not plugged into the vine. I'm not, I'm not serving Jesus like I should. And the Holy Spirit's convicting people. I know that. And that's all right. That's you. Lift your hand up so I can see it. Yep. Others? Hands going up. Thank you. You can put them down. Anybody else? You know, by acknowledging these things, we're not saying, we're, well, you're saying you're broken, but you're saying God can fix me, and I need him to. Anybody else? It doesn't mean you're less of a person. God loves you. You're still his kid. You just have some growing up to do. Hallelujah. All right, let me ask you this. How many in this room would say, Pastor Norm, I'm not bearing a whole lot of fruit, but I want to. That's you. Lift your hands up so I can see them. Yep, hands going up all over. You can put them down. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just thank you for every person that has responded this morning and, and, and I believe you're going to do something miraculous we've already seen you move you came up during the healing time of this, this message even before I got up here and you ministered at this altar and Lord you want us to leave different than we came in changed by the grace of God according to your mercies that are new every morning and Lord for those who raised their hand today who, who admitted that they might need to do some things different they need to plug into you more they need to uh, bear more fruit Lord I pray you would give us heaven sent ideas on what that might look like in our own individual lives I pray we would dream dreams have visions of our own backyard and people that need to be reached with the good news of Jesus Christ challenge us Lord like never before that the church would rise up to this occasion at this moment in time and that we would take our torches that represent Jesus Christ Lord and we would take that gospel out and minister to our neighbors in the highways and byways of our community whether we're chaplains or factory workers 
whether we work in the marketplace or whatever. Maybe we're a mom that's raising our kids and, and we minister to other moms who are raising their kids. Whatever it might look like, God, use us in the miraculous. Build us into the church you've called us to be, Lord. Capital C. And with that said, Lord, we honor you. We thank you even in advance of what you're going to do in and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You may be seated one more time. And, and listen, I was supposed to have uh, somebody come up and I... Lance McLeod and his wife, Annas, would you go ahead and stand? All right. This is Lance and Annas. I think I'm saying it right. I said McLeod and it's McLeod. I told them I'd tell, say it right. Anyway, we won't go there. Uh, Lance, would you come on up? And Do you want to come on up with them? Or? All right. Here, I'll get this out of the way. We're going to turn this on. Lance happens to be working with John Mark. How many remember John Mark? <laughs> up at Lake State University, up in the, the colder weather, uh, Sault Ste. Marie. And you two guys, how long have you been doing it? How long have you been doing it? Um, I started Chi Alpha actually with John Mark. Um, uh, planted in 20... 11. Wow, awesome. So. And then God, what, called you to do something um, different? Maybe a little more? Yeah, I started out as a volunteer with Chi Alpha, and then uh, about three, four years ago, I felt like I was supposed to go into full-time ministry, and then I learned that I had to have a degree or something like that to actually get into ministry, so I worked towards finishing my college degree, and then a year ago, I applied to be a missionary, so. Awesome. So about a year then in, in the aspect of full-time. Yeah, amen. Praise God. I know that, you know, as we look at our campuses, there are a lot of kids that are there that are struggling with what's right, what's wrong, who to follow, who not to follow. Um, what, what really brought you to want to be a part of Chi Alpha? What, what was the driving force, if you will? Um... So when I started, I actually, Kyle wasn't even on my radar originally. Um, I was going to college originally for welding, and when I was uh, going to college, um, I felt like I was supposed to go into ministry, and I didn't know what I was going to be doing. And I came home for spring break, and uh, Pastor Ernie Bywater was my pastor at the time. And at the end of spring break, that Sunday morning, he came up to me as I was getting ready to leave, and he said, would you consider coming home? Um, and helping me plant a Chi Alpha next year. I want to start one, and uh, it'd be you and John Mark possibly. I haven't talked to him yet. And being the good Christian that I am said, I'll pray about it. <laughs> and uh, on my way home, back to college, I was in the car, and God said, you're not getting off easy, sucker. You are going to pray about it. <laughs> and I knew right away that... I was probably going to become a missionary, even though I didn't want to at that point in time. <laughs> and so that, I took a week, and uh, I had texted Pastor Ernie, and I said, I'm going to take this seriously. And they were coming down to Grand Rapids the following week for fine arts. So I said, I'm going to pray about it and fast about it, and I'll let you know. And by the end of the week, um, the Lord had just given me every single day um, some type of ministry opportunity that related to 
college ministry, and I, I sat with him. I said, okay, I'm coming home. And uh, ever since then, awesome. just that's what I wanted to do. So you saw him working in your life, and you realized, I'm already doing it. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and how many of you are already doing it? Right. One of the things that I really wanted to ask you, and I want to get to this, you obviously pray for the, the students, the teachers, but can you share a couple things you really believe that God's moving uh, where you've prayed in, in, uh, as a missionary? What, what have you prayed specifically uh, to see God do where you're at? Um, the biggest thing for me, like when I'm, when I'm praying, um, I pray specifically for favor with my students. Um, a lot of times at the beginning of the year, I know who my student leaders are, and I know who my returning students are. I don't know who else is coming in, so I just start praying right away for, you know, God help me to have a game plan for who I'm going to meet this year, and, um, you know, just start loving on them now. Before I even meet them, start loving on them, you know, put people in their path um, to love on them. And a lot of, actually, it's kind of funny, because a lot of times that's what ends up happening. Um, can I share a testimony? No. Okay. Uh, of course you can. If you follow John Mark, um, what was our last holiday? Labor Day? Um, we were having a m- meeting with some of our student leaders, and we all decided to get ice cream out of the blue. We were going to meet at my house, and for some reason I said, let's get ice cream instead. So we drove up to the Sioux and got ice cream. And as we were parking, my wife and one of our student leaders, Casey, as we got out of the car, there was a girl um, just sitting on a, like, parking cheese block with, like, a bag, and I wanted ice cream, so I was just like, oh, kept on going. And she says, hey, we're going to go talk to her. And I said, okay. So my friend Levi and I, Casey's husband, we we were like, okay, we'll go down to the ice cream shop, we'll meet you there. So the men are focused on eating ice cream, the women are fo- focused on the spiritual aspect. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just wanted to I was thinking ice cream and I want to get this meeting over with. And uh, so they show up to the ice cream shop and they explain to me that this girl um, was up here in the Sioux with her boyfriend and he kicked her out of her car and just left. And uh, <clears throat> It was pretty wild, come to find out she'd caught him with like drugs, he was doing pills and stuff, and she called him out and he just left. So we ended up talking into her into staying with one of our students for the weekend and trying to get her a ride home. And Oh nice. Labor no day, buses, yeah. yeah. So it was yeah. on Sunday. No buses. Nothing till Tuesday. Yep. And so finally we got we were able to talk her into coming with us and so we were meeting with her and uh, we were just started praying with her, and we got to lead her to Jesus, and as we were talking to her... Um, Wait, you what? We got to lead her to Jesus. That was one of the cool... So, you know, um, she had some uh, feet problems, some back problems, some stomach problems. She got healed of all that. Wow. But th- what was really Wait, cool... Wait, what? She got healed, too? Yeah, she got healed, too. So, so her soul was healed, and her feet, and back, and awesome. And so where Woo. I'm going with this is she informed us that her grandma, who's a Christian, had literally just told her, like, what, two weeks before? Something like that, that she needed to get right with Jesus. Something was coming. 
And uh, it was, you know, it's just those kind of things that happen. Like, you're praying for your students or random people, because she's not a student of mine. She was actually from like six hours away down this way. She was down by Fenton, left in the Sioux. So, I mean, that's a long way to be left stranded. And it, just praying those kind of prayers, that's what happens, you know. And it's not necessary, and that, you know, just family members or just random people on the street just say something to them, and then they start thinking about it. What? Yeah. What what really catches me again from what Lance has said and, and honest is that when you're sensitive to who's in your own backyard. Now, obviously, originally Lance had his focus on what's important: the ice cream. But his wife saw an opportunity, and how many of us are in the same place? Just look around you. But. Lance had been praying, and I love this, and, and this is why I wanted you to share. You know, we should be praying for our neighbors that exist now and the ones that are coming. You know, again, I just found out, I, I better not say it. Anyway, there's changes uh, even with the people I'm working with in the state police. I didn't know that. I just assumed they'd be there forever, right? No, so I should be praying for the next guy that's going to end up coming or the lady that's going to end up overseeing everything where I'm working there, you guys should be doing the same for your bosses. Well, you may think, well, my boss, he ain't going anywhere. She ain't going anywhere. She's going to be with me forever. Well, maybe not. You should be praying for your next boss, that you have God appointments with them, or that God brings in a Christian if you're already alone, that God brings people in that, that you know who are Christian. I love this. What a way to pray. Pray before they get there. That's amazing to me. All right. I think I had one more thing I wanted to ask. All right. What are a couple of your, your biggest needs? Or three of them. Okay. So three biggest needs as a missionary. Um, so financial support. Currently, I work full-time and uh, have been... Can I ask what you do? I, I work at an auto parts store. Okay. Um, so trying to do full-time work and then part-time ministry I've realized does not work well for being a campus pastor. Work eight to five, you know, then get on campus around six after you eat dinner. Most of your students are pretty tired. They're done with school. You're pretty much done because you've worked eight hours. And uh, I've just realized that it's not effective for me. It's not effective for them. And so it's, it's, slightly effective. I mean, you'll get a little bit, but majority of the time, you know, it's, it's very hard. And then at the same time, if something happens with one of my students, you know, all of a sudden something earth shattering happens, I can't just go up to my boss and say, hey, one of my students, you know, their grandpa died. I'm just going to have to check out and go because I have limited amount of time to do that. Whereas when I'm a fully supported missionary, if I'm at home with my wife, on my day off, I can say, see you, babe, and run to the Sioux and take care of them. You know, yep. and that's, that's really important to me, being able to just be there. All right. Um, Number the, two? Uh, prayer. You need prayer? Prayer, lots and lots of prayer. And then uh, this, the last one, actually, I, most people are surprised when I say this, is uh, just support in general from the church as being a U.S. missionary. Um, a lot of people see campus pastors and missionaries as a unneeded position. Um, they, 
They treat it like something that the local church, church should do. Um, that, say, because you guys have some like community colleges or like transplant colleges here, right? Yeah, little, um, yeah, I would say, yeah. A lot of pastors Limited. I've talked to would say, Pastor Norm, you should uh, take one of your people from your church and have them volunteer on campus um, for five hours a week, and that's enough. And that's what they've, they don't think that it warrants really a missionary. They, they say that that's just for the local church. And I've talked to multiple pastors and denominations that say, why should I support you? There's no investment there for me. So, Lance, honest, uh, what we'd like to do is pray p- with you today and make sure I get your card before you leave so that uh, we can look that over and pray over it and decide what this church can do for you. And uh, it's been an honor to have both of you here. Thank you. I know they also spoke to our junior hires earlier this morning, and hopefully uh, you had a good experience down there. Um, so would you stand, and we'll close this service out, but let's close it with prayer. If I could have my leaders come up and just lay hands on this couple, that would be amazing and awesome, and, and uh, then we'll close. Lord, again, we are just humbled to be in the presence of this young couple. And Lord, we just ask right now that you would just continue to give them uh, providence, Lord that you would line their steps up with exactly who they need to line up with, that they would have these God appointments that they didn't plan. Maybe they prayed about it, but they didn't plan it. You planned it, and Lord, I pray they would know when it's a God appointment that like a light would shine on the the situation or, or they'd just be quickened in their heart or whatever it is. But Lord, you just get their attention to say, this is a God appointment. And maybe it's, it's somebody that's going to help support them. Maybe it's somebody that needs their support as far as a, a healing or to know Jesus. But, Lord, I pray for Lance and Honest that you would just uh, give them just a, a, a preview of what's to come. Give them discernment to know who's on their team and who isn't, who needs Jesus and who doesn't. And, Lord, again, we just lift them up to you, all their needs, Lord, so that Lance can get out of this uh, full-time job and uh, be able to do ministry full-time. We just lift this need up to you today. We, we join our faith with theirs, and we agree with them, Lord. It is done in the name of Jesus. Lord, continue to use them as you have. And we pray this all in the precious and mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you for coming out and sharing today. <clears throat> so that concludes our service. If you'd like to... Give them a a glory handshake or whatever you're feeling. Uh, That'd be awesome, too. I'm sure he drove all the way down here to minister here today uh, so that we could hear from them. Lord, we thank you again for everything you're doing in this church. Help us to see our own backyards as a missions field. Use us as missionaries. God, expand our horizons. Help us to see what you see. And use these children of God in a mighty way that we would bear much fruit. Lord, keep us safe in our coming and in our going, and uh, we just commit the church, capital C, into your hands and its success, and everybody said, Amen. amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming out today.